What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, it's another New Vision Podcast. Cloud with you here. And we're in a book study, straight up book study. We're in First Peter. And I always try to keep in mind that, uh, you know, a lot of people, y'all listen to this podcast every day on your commute, whatever it is. And we're glad that you're back with us again. But I always try to keep in mind that, you know, this may be someone's first. And so just kind of explain. And if you listen to this every day, you're like, yeah, they do the same intro every day. And it's like, okay, okay, okay just get to it. So and I will. Uh, but just want to give a heads up, kind of explain. We're going through First Peter. And as Nick said in the very first one, day one, it's kind of loosely connected uh, to the sermon series we're doing now. We're doing the sermon series uh, called Accelerate. And that's just about kind of kicking off the new the semester and, uh, it, you know, kind of talking about worship, connect, serve, and go. These tenets of at least our church, and that would definitely fall in line with New Testament churches back in the day. You know, these tenets of, you know, how God has designed it. And it's sometimes God has just called us to step on the gas and just really push hard into those kind of, you know, what, what defines the church? Well, we get together, we, we worship, we connect, we serve, we go, you know, we, we fulfill the Great Commission. And so loosely based out of that is, you know, during the gospel accounts, we know that Jesus had his disciples. One of those disciples was Peter, and he makes this famous statement. He said to Peter, and he, you know, he calls him rock. You know, there's different ways you can interpret that. And he said, hey, on this rock, I will build my church. Now, we don't have to get into this debate, and there's a couple different ways to interpret this, and the whole Roman Catholicism is based on, you know, kind of this text. We won't go into that, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of of the belief that rock, you know, even though it's Peter's name, is uh, it's talking about the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord, and he's the Messiah, and that's the, the rock, that's the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone that the church is built upon, yet... You know, that statement that he makes to Peter can can go several different ways. And, and one of the nuances of that is that Peter will be a part of that. It won't be like he, he's the new pope, but he will be a large part of, you know, starting the church. And you see that in Acts, and Peter's like, you know, one of the leaders. And so he gets to be a part of building the early church as, as Jesus has been resurrected. And, you know, he's starting to build and, and be one of the key leaders in that movement as are many others. And so anyways, that's to say, Hey, this book study is kind of based on, um, because we're talking about what is, what does it look like to form the church? And Peter's a part of that early movement. So, Hey, let's take a look at one of the books that he wrote. And so we're going through first and second Peter. And so if you're first time listening with us, that's kind of a connection. We hope that you're coming with us on Sundays to worship, connect, serve, and go and, uh, you know, dig into this semester. But we also have this podcast to fill in the gaps and so let's dig in. And so I've got just a short couple of verses here in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. So this is 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3. I'm reading out of the ESV Bible, and I'll, I'll probably read these a couple times just to kind of work it through. So here we go. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And I'm going to read that again, but uh, just a quick kind of ex explanation. Any, anytime we see that conjunction uh, at the beginning of a sentence, you know, therefore or so, and here we have in verse uh, one, 
he says, so, so put away all mouth, so, and so what that so is referring to is back is to another command that he's made in verse 22. And in, in, in verse 22, that kind of puts, you know, the head on now what he's talking about. So in verse 22 through 23, Peter was, he's doing this long introduction, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's like, hey, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again. And then he t- starts talking about their salvation and, and starts quoting the Old Testament. And so now he's back. And so he said, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So put away all malice and deceit. And so he's, he's, he's continuing that argument. And in Greek, he, you know, there's a lot of run-on sentences. We don't normally have the, the punctuation and verse numbers and all that. And so you kind of have to look around and, and follow the argument. And so he, he's like, so here's what it takes to love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And when I have anybody, you know, teaching or, or preaching or whatever has verses like this, it's like, all right, well, there's your sermon. You know, these first few verses, I mean, they already have their their imperative, their implication, their application. It's already built in. You don't really have to. It says, all right, do this, do this, and don't do that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so, I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's move on. Um, and so, you know, I wrote this down in my notes. We have, I broke it up. Um, what is it telling us? Well, we have a negative and a positive. So there's these negative commands, you know, don't do this, take this out, stop. And so we, we have, you know, in the negative stated malice, like stop, no more malice. And uh, I read a lot of commentaries and they were talking about how malice kind of means wickedness in general. Uh, but in our English connotation, we kind of have this sense of ill will and expecting and believing the worst in others. And I know a lot of us, you know, in our heads can be guilty of that. We have this malice. And what's hard about that is that doesn't stay on the inside. And eventually uh, it'll express itself. And then we have, you know, deceit and guile. And that is, you know, kind of this term used for being devious and crafty and, and kind of manipulative in your words and actions to get what you want. And you know, of course, if you're guilty of malice and then guile, and then you try to hide it, then that produces hypocrisy. And that's the next in the list, hypocrisy. And we all kind of have experience of that, um, saying one thing and, and doing another. And it's duplicitousness, you know, disingenuousness. We all kind of hate to see that in other people, but we are maybe not realizing that we are fostering those qualities in our character and hear Peter saying, don't stop, you know, put, put it in the negative, you know, what does it take to love one another? Well, put this away, you know, hypocrisy is in that list. And then he goes on and he's talking about envy. And a lot of the times our ill will, if we have malice in general, it's because we're envious of other people. They have something, whatever it is that we don't, uh, reputation, uh, an item, whatever it could be. And then that ends up resulting in our malice as slander or evil speaking. And so all in that one sentence, there's this kind of chain of, of behaviors that I know we can all identify with in any given moment throughout our days. And so Peter's like, put away all malice, put away deceit, stop hypocrisy, stop envy, stop. No, no more slander. Like we have these negative commands. And so if you've gone to church for very long, you kind of know that. And we, we, we have, 
not only our consciences, but the Holy Spirit, if you're in Christ, is, you know, you know the Word of God is in you that whenever you are aware of malice or guile or hypocrisy or envy or slander kind of rearing its head in your life, and you're like, ah, that's, I'm not supposed to do that. That's bad, bad, bad. So we kind of know that. And, and so it's, I don't think it's enough to just say, hey, stop doing that. And what's really cool, it continues in verse 2. And I wrote down on my notes, well, we have now we have positive commands. And so these are, hey, don't do this, but instead do this. Like that's super helpful in our lives and in the practicality of things is the Bible doesn't just say, you know, stop, stop, stop. It's no, do, 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 and do this, do that. And so in verse 2, he continues, like newborn infants long or crave the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So it's a real simple, hey, replace these negatives with this positive. And he, in, in some translations, is talking about, you know, crave. Or in this ESV, it says long, which is kind of weird if you're a dude. You're like, do you ever, do you ever long? Like, we don't typically use that language, but crave. I like that that translation. Crave, spiritual milk. And then that also gets kind of weird for guys are like, well, I don't really like milk. I don't like milk personally. I think it's gross, but you know, I'm just weird. That's okay. But, but so we can kind of skip over this and be like, Oh, crave milk. Like just sounds kind of weird, man. We don't really, uh, you know, use that language when we're talking about something really serious, you know, whatever. But here Peter's like, no, crave like spiritual milk. And he's using this metaphor and we see that elsewhere in Scripture. Paul uses a milk metaphor, and he used it in a different sense, talking about how you're immature, and immature people need only to drink milk, and they need to eat meat. And so that's not how Peter is employing this metaphor now. What he's talking about is he's not saying, hey, you're a baby, because a lot of the believers that he's writing to have been believers for at least 30 years or something like that. And so the metaphor is really just showing that like, hey, just like a baby is longing and craving for spiritual, you know, for milk, so you need to be that dependent upon God for your life. And so it's not enough to just say, hey, stop the malice, stop the envy. It's no, crave God and his word. And that's another thing that we grew up in church. We're like, yeah, yeah, okay, tell me to read the word again. Like, But I think this is super helpful because the word of longing and craving you know, it, it's, I think that's important because if we are truly reading our Bible with our hearts and our minds, you know, open to seeing God and how beautiful he is or how important he is or how captivating he is or how awe-inspiring he is, whatever words you want to use that's not Christianese, that's just like, look, I, I'm digging this. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever we need to do as we embrace God's word, um, Whatever it is, it's like we need to encounter him in that way and fight for it. And so when we get to those points and, and you know, Peter will say, if you and, and have indeed tasted that the Lord is good. So it's like, hey, if you're a Christian, you, you kind of know this. You've at least at some point in your life, you know, if you're a Christian, you have a desire for the word and it should be increasing. So he kind of puts this, hey, you should long for the word. You should long for and be dependent upon God if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So he's like, you know, if you really like pizza, man, you always want to come back for more. But it's like, you know, have you really had good pizza? You know what I mean? Like, I know that's kind of a crude metaphor, but I think, you know, whatever it takes for you to kind of think about this in a way that's fresh and it's like, yeah, what what do I crave? You know, that kind of 
visceral sense where you're eating pizza and it's like, oh, I keep eating piece after piece after piece. We've all been there. Whatever food that you like, if you can picture that and just think like, this is the language that Peter is using that we should desire God's word. And what's so amazing in that is as I was studying this, it's like he is directly quoting other scripture. So you can tell that he's saying this, he's giving us a positive command, and he's actually modeling it before our very eyes. Because this language here in verse 3, he said, If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And what he's doing, he is directly quoting Psalm 34, which he does a lot in this epistle in First Peter. And so that would be the close out for today. You all know this stuff. Hey, don't do this. And you need to read the Bible more. Like, okay, thanks, Cloud. That's my practical takeaway. It's here right in the text. Let's model it right now as the takeaway. We need to crave and dig. We need to desire God's word. Peter shows us exactly how to do it by quoting Psalm 34 here in this last verse. So let's read. Where did he get that? Ooh, that's cool. I'm desiring God's word. Let's check it out. So here, here we're modeling what you can do in your own time. Here's Psalm 34, verses 8 through 22. I'm going to read the whole thing, and that'll close us out. Y'all have a great day. Let me continue to read God's word. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate righteousness will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Y'all have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.